If you have bills and debt piling up, a personal loan through NetCredit can provide funding up to $10,000 to help you get back on track if eligible. Visit netcredit.com today. All NetCredit loans and lines of credit are offered by a member of the NetCredit family of companies or one of our lending partners. Visit netcredit.com partners for more information. The Big Bark. Listen up, dog owners. It's for you, all you canine lovers. It's your favorite podcast, The Big Bark, with your host, Dara Burke, and canine co-hosts, Bruno and Millie. The Big Bark. Hello and a very big welcome back to The Big Bark. The podcaster is absolutely barking mad about your dog. I'm here as always with my wonderful, amazing canine co-hosts, Bruno and Millie. And the last few days have been, I suppose, for a lot of people and a lot of dogs, incredibly, really, really warm. Great for us humans that we can have an hour point or two and like just cool ourselves down. Nice old uh, cocktail here and there in the pub, now that the pubs have reopened. But it's so much tougher for what we call our fur babies because... For them, with the amount of fur that they have on their bodies, this heat is just excruciating for them. And I know for a fact that Millie has definitely felt this over the last few days. She's panting and panting. It's been really, really tough on her. And as an older dog, it's been, like, really hard for her. Um, So, just remember, like, in days like this, you have a few rules that you need to follow. First of all, do not take your dog out walking in the absolute blaring heat. I know people are used to their routines and walking their dog at maybe a certain time of the day, but look, when the sun is at its highest at about 12 midday, keep your dog inside, keep your dog in a cool area. Plenty of things that you can get for your dogs. Obviously, make sure your dog is hydrated. Get him a cooling mat, which you can get in most decent stores. And uh, nowadays, uh, Home Savers, which have locations all across the country, they have them. Um, I know there's other stores as well, like Mr. Price and a few cheap ones that also have them as well. And little things like that can really help your dog. Uh, make sure if you are walking them to touch the ground yourself first. If the ground is too hot for you after maybe four or five seconds of keeping a hand on it, then it is definitely too hot for your dogs. Just have some common sense and keep your doggies safe and make sure they don't get heat stroke because that's the last thing you want. That's the last thing any human wants and it's certainly the last thing any dog wants because it's a lot harder for a doggy. And sure, like, they're not going to be able to tell you. Well, they might be able to tell you by panting, but and all, like watch out for the signs. But just be sure to have some common sense in this current kind of heat wave. It is cooling down a bit over the last few days, over the last day or so, so hopefully we get a couple of days breathers for our beautiful, beautiful doggies. Give them a swim, give them a swimming pool as well. Millie and Bruno, they love the water, and they, they love the water, they love going into the water and swimming, but they absolutely hate getting wash, which Bruno approached me last week, and sort of Millie when like, she chased me all around the garden after I hosed her down. Anyway, that's enough waffle. Um, today, well, first of all, let's talk about last week. Uh, last week we had another great episode, and that was with Louise Jones from Positive Fitness. We went straight back in at that number one spot 
on iTunes, uh, Pets and Animals category in Ireland. And for that, I'm just going to play this little sound effecty thingy here. I love using that, to be honest. It's pretty cool to have that built in here. So, today we're talking about all things canine anxiety, and in particular, leash anxiety. And to do that, I'm delighted to welcome back a really big friend of the big bark and someone who I have great admiration for as a dog trainer, and that would be Samantha Rawson from the Canaan College. Samantha, welcome back to the big bark. Hi Dara, how are you? Doing good, doing very good now and in, enjoying this little bit of heat that we're having, trying to get very gardening yeah. going as well during the day and sure, you know yourself, it's it's been really warm. Yeah, yeah. So, it's been a while since you've been on with us, um, I think back at back at Christmas I was the last time. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, so time flies, doesn't it? It really it's does, like at least now we're yeah. kind of, we're coming out of this pandemic hopefully eventually yeah. and how have things been going for you since you reopened um yeah it's been great i've been very busy um as you know i've been on tv so so that's been a, a great boost to this and great to have the exposure um but i suppose i have seen an awful lot of um puppies lately obviously you know there's a there's been a pandemic in puppies if you like as well um I've seen an awful lot of puppies lately. And one thing I've observed over the last few months, Dara, is a bit of anxiety in, um, in dogs. And, and, you know, the dog being reactive to other dogs or they're a little bit worried about people or whatever. And <clears throat> really an awful lot of it stems from the dog being taken out quickly when it was younger or being overwhelmed. That, that just because your dog appears to be okay doesn't mean it is okay. Um, because an awful lot of dogs will be very quiet and the owner thinks they're fine. Then they reach six months old and they have, you know, they find their voice or they realize they can now look after themselves. And then they start getting active when they're older. So young dog seems to be okay on feed and, and is not barking or is not being reactive or playing any outward signs doesn't mean it's okay. So what I would kind of urge people to do with a young puppy is you don't put feed on a puppy or harness and bring him down the road. You put a, a lead and a harness or a collar or whatever your preference is on a dog and maybe put it on the car. Maybe show him the world safety of a car um, and get him used to all the sounds and sights and noises of the world before you would ever actually try to bring him for a walk. Um, because I think what happens is dogs are just much too soon. Um, and what people to forget is, might have landed on planet Mars for all they know about the world. We take it all for granted, because we've been here for how many years or whatever, whatever age we are, we, we know it all. We know what a crisp bag is. We know what a bus stop is. We know what a truck is. A dog doesn't. Um, so I think there's a... You know, forgive me for saying, but there's a, a lack of awareness from a dog point of view about the perception of the dog on the other end of the lead. You know, and obviously there's smaller dogs, you know, like the, the little kind of Maltese or the Bichons or the little guys, even the little Jack Russells. The smaller guys that have a harder time because they're much lower to the ground than you are. 
And you're way, way up there if you're a tall person holding a, a small dog. So I just think it's important for us all to be mindful of the emotional welfare and the perception of the dog on the other end of the lead. And that you know, he doesn't know all about these things. You've got to give him lots of time and slow everything down and give him time to take it all in. So with very puppies, what we do is you can take them in the car and show them the world from the safety of the car. That would be great. But if you can't do that, even if you carry your pup down the road a wee bit. So when I say down the road, I mean two houses down or maybe 200 yards down the road. And then house. So the puppy or young dog always knows where it's going. I'm quite happy return safety. But what happens in real life is people put a dog on the lead and take it. There's no idea where it's going and it has to trust the owner. Um, from the dog's point of view, sometimes the owner is bringing them into situations that they can't cope with. And then suddenly an owner will come to me and say, suddenly the dog is being reactive at whatever age it is. Um, in my experience, that's the age that the dog has discovered its voice discovered that it can now actually do something about it. So that's that's really, really important that people slow it down. Hopefully you're going to have this dog for, you know, 14, 15 years. There is no rush. There's nothing in the rule book that says you must get the dog out by such and such time. I mean, I know people talk about socialization, but in their in their, in their rush to socialize the dog, they're actually doing more harm than good. They're overwhelming it. So you, you can socialize a dog by having it in the car, by having it on your lap in the park. By you know, It doesn't have to be walking down the road on a lead to be socialized. Okay. And Samantha, do you think, like, I suppose the last uh, 15 months, it has been very hard for a lot of people, given, like, the various lockdowns we've had. Like, you're, yeah. you're yeah. like, when you were only allowed to go two kilometres from your own house. Mm. For a lot of people, mm. like, especially there's no, like, dog parks. Uh, like, down yeah. here, there's still no dog park in Limerick. Which right. is being planned by the local council. But it's another six months down the line. But, like, for a lot of people, there, there are none of these facilities. So, what, like, okay, you'd advise, like, even just taking, like, 200 yards down the road. Would you have any other tips for, for dog owners it's- who can't get out like this? Yeah, well, well, I suppose what's what's important, Dara, is that they, you know, bring the dog with them to different places. With lockdown, we've been on stop, start and stop, start. But I think the other thing that's happening is that there are an awful lot of dogs out there never owned and, uh, you know, are quite So it 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 would be for, for new doggos somebody who's never had a dog before and maybe has got a puppy in the pandemic to maybe reach out to somebody like me or reach out to a local dog club or someone like you or, you know, welfare groups to maybe get into a group with people who've owned and, you know, experienced dogs for, for many more years. Because I think if you're a first time dog owner, it's extremely difficult. Um, and, and because of the lockdown and the stop start and not being able to go places and all the rest of it, they're now left with dogs that are fearful and they don't know what to do about it. Um, so, so I think it's really, really important to reach out and find some kind of community that, that will give you support and give you a hand <clears throat> without judgment. That's the really important point, um, th- that somebody isn't going to judge you or criticise you or give out to you. 
that, you know, you're looking for help and support, you know, it's too easy to criticize. Um, so if somebody can reach out, that'd be great. But I suppose, you know, to, to no matter whether it's, you know, within two kilometers or five kilometers or whatever the restriction is at the time, that you sit with the dog and allow it to observe the world. So maybe you bring it to the local park and you sit on a bench or you bring it outside the church. Now that masses are allowed again. Um, and you bring it outside the church or you bring it down to the local village and you just sit on a wall and sit with the dog and let him watch the world go by. It's very hard for a dog to process information if the dog is moving and the world is moving. So much easier to, you know, to sit on a wall and just take it handy and slowly observe and, and realize <laughs> I get really um, upset on, on behalf of the dogs because, so say if a dog is in an urban area and it doesn't realize there's a path and a road. So the owner's bringing it down the road. The dog sees a car coming straight for it, doesn't realize there's a path um, and then panics. And then I, I've often seen puppies being kind of dragged down the road or else the titbit is taken out to induce it to come down the road. But really what that dog wants to do is stop and see if it's safe. So if your dog stops on a walk, if you have a young dog and it stops on a walk, you've got to stop as well. Because if a dog stops, it's telling you it's feeling unsure of itself. Um, and if you insist on dragging a dog down the road, what you're actually doing is destroying your relationship of trust. Because you are now the dog's parent. The dog is trusting you to mind it. And when you put it in a, in a situation where it feels unsafe, it now doesn't trust you to look after it. So that's the beginning of the whole relationship unraveling. You know, so that's what I'm, I'm very aware of. So, so new puppy parents, if you like, have to remember that this relationship has to be based on trust. Nothing a puppy does in the first few months of life is to do with oldness or... I did it for my son. I did it for my neighbor. When I filled my son's prescription, my pharmacist told me that accidents can happen. He provided me with Narcan. I had to be prepared for me and the people around me. Be the one when it counts. Ask for Narcan nasal spray, naloxone hydrochloride. Learn more at Narcan.com, sponsored by Emergent Biosolutions. Or just that is to do. When a dog is out on he's trying to mind himself he's doing whatever he thinks is going to get him out of a situation or to keep him safe so when a dog stops and sniffs you allow it to sniff an awful lot of sniffing and kind of biting the lead and all of those kind of little behaviors that people might report an awful lot of those little behaviors can be coping mechanisms or displacement activities where the dog is is finding it very difficult to cope but can't communicate its anxiety to the owner and then starts biting the lead or you know, insists on sniffing a bush for five minutes, they potentially can be coping strategies and they're not necessarily, you know, bold behaviours. I, I, you know, I, I would never call a puppy bold. You know, there's, a, there's no such thing as a, as a disobedient, bold puppy because they're all they're trying to do is mind themselves. And Samantha, like, just talking there, all the, I suppose, all the dogs that people have got the puppies, people have got during the pandemic mm. and... Especially when there's this, I suppose, misunderstanding of communication is there between owner and dog. Like, m most humans don't understand the dog's language. And yeah. for a lot of owners, like, that leads to, I suppose, frustration on the owner's part. Do you think it's going yeah. to be, like, a contri uh, contributing factor down the line to seeing a lot of these dogs ending up in shelters? 
Yeah, hugely, because because I suppose there there is a breakdown in communication and the the owner is stuck because it don't know it doesn't know what's going on with the dog. You know, there might be other issues going on in the, in the owner's life. And then what happens when a puppy reaches about six, seven months, depending on the dog itself, then when dogs hit seven months, that can be the beginning of puberty. So that's when the dog will will go through a kind of secondary growth phase and a secondary exploratory phase um, or a secondary nervous phase. So they'll either get, you know, a little bit how the owners perceive. Now, when I use these words, Dara, I'm talking about owners perceptions. I'm not talking about labels for the dog. Um, But the owner might describe the dog as disobedient or he doesn't listen or he knows what I want, but he doesn't do it. You know, they're, they're all kind of human, human constructs and human expectations. Um, and then the owner gets really, really frustrated or the dog will start chewing the furniture when he had stopped. Um, so the, the dog will start practicing all the kind of behaviors that the owner thought the dog had grown out of. And the dog will start doing it all over again. And then owners get really, really frustrated. And that's why an awful lot of rescues will report that they're the age that dogs come in at is usually around somewhere between seven, seven months to a year. Because it's that teenage teenage hood that that owners find new owners find extremely difficult. So in that case, you know, you need to give them lots of new toys, new stuff to play with. You know, maybe bring them on 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 different walks to new areas. Um, really important to let them off the lead if you can. Um, you know, so so they get to be a dog and they get to explore and, and they get to kind of grow up a little bit. It can be extremely frustrating for a dog on the other end of the lead who wants to explore and who is never allowed to explore and who is only kept on a lead. So then you get frustration from the dog at that point. So usually when I see dogs about six or seven months, it can be fear with frustration. And so the dog is kind of fearful on one point, but also frustrated because it can't get to whatever it is. And that can be a really, really difficult situation for an owner because they don't understand it, because the dog is maybe pulling towards the other dog or pulling towards the person, but barking at the same time. You know, so, so those behaviours can be very, very um, difficult for an owner to understand. But going back to the beginning, that if you take your time with the dog and don't rush it and take everything really, really slowly, um, then the behaviours that you see at seven, eight months tend to be greatly reduced. And Samantha, do you think that the disanxiety from uh, dogs as well do you think that uh, can cause problems with recall as well um what well, well, i suppose the, the funny thing about recall dar is that if you have a genuinely anxious dog um those dogs usually have very good recalls because they won't want to be away from their owner or they won't want to be away from their their safety zone and hopefully the owner if if things have been handled properly Hopefully the owner is the safety zone. Um, so usually anxious dogs re- have good recalls. That's the one good thing about anxious dogs. They tend not to, to go too far. Um, but with recall, I always um, advocate maybe one person holding the dog, the other person walking away with your bag of treats or whatever, and then calling the dog to the other person. So the dog is not off the lead to do its own thing and get into trouble. The dog is running from one person to the other. Um, so it is getting a gallop off lead, but you're training some recall as well. Um, and that and that's a, a really good way to start a dog off with recall. So if you're worried about a dog, obviously you're not going to just let it off the lead. Um, and then the other thing for me is, I suppose, you know, being a dog trainer is 
I'm hugely into play. So if I can get a dog to play or if a dog will play with the owner and retrieve articles or retrieve a ball or even retrieve a sock, it doesn't matter what it is. A toy is anything to a dog. It doesn't have to be a manufactured toy. Um, then if I can get the dog to play and engage, then hopefully that play then is transferred to the outside. So you might have a great game in the kitchen. Then you might take that game to the garden. Then you might take that game to the front garden. Then you might take that game to the quiet corner of the park and build it up and build it up and build it up. So hopefully when you take off the lead, the dog spins around and looks at you and says, what game are we playing? So I don't want, I don't want a dog, to, when I let it off the lead, to run off and say, good luck. <laughs> I want it to spin around and go, what are we doing? So, so play is really, really important if you can get a dog to play. That's really, that's really good advice. Um, I suppose, just going back there earlier on the show, I like you were saying, like, we were talking about uh, the weather as well. So, what, like, given it's been really hot, what would your recommendations as a dog trainer be, apart from, like, hydration um, and making sure that you're not taking a dog out during the middle of the day in the hot heat? Um, I, I suppose they, they say the sun is at the highest point in the sky around 12 midday. So I was doing a lesson this morning and I called it short because it just got too hot. Um, and I stopped the lesson and said, listen, lads, it, it's, it's too hot. I think we should, we should finish this. And we rearranged it for an evening. Um, so I wouldn't expect any kind of, you know, obedience. Or I wouldn't be doing training and, and behavior or anything in, in kind of high sun. Um, so I would walk the dogs in the evening as late as possible. Again, as you mentioned at the top of the show, Dara, that if you're walking out on concrete, if you put your hand on the concrete and just test how, how hot it is, or even on a beach, people will think if they bring the dogs to the beach because it's near water, that's grand. But a beach can be, sand can be incredibly hot. So I would always test the surface, whether it be sand or concrete or whatever it is. I would always test the surface before I would expect a dog to walk on it. Um, plenty of water and plenty of shade. I suppose I'm not a vet, but I suppose the danger is dogs can suffer heat stroke in as short as 10 minutes. So, you know, if you're out and your dog suddenly suffers heat stroke and you don't know where the nearest vet is, um, by the time you get to the vet, it could be very, very serious. So I, I wouldn't bother. And even in the car journey, you could be driving to the beach, but the beach could be half an hour away. The dog could suffer heat stroke in the car. You know, if it's a really hot day, just don't bother bringing the dogs with you. The dogs are safer at home in a cool room. Um, again, I suppose be aware of conservatories or any room that has high windows that the, the sun beams into. Somebody might leave their dog in the back porch or the conservatory or wherever thinking they're grand. But if the sun shines in there during the day and the dog can't move away to shade, that could be a serious situation. Um, so, so lots of shaded areas. And also some dogs... Sounds ridiculous, but some dogs don't know to move into the shade. Some dogs will lie in baking heat and, and almost fry themselves to death. So, so, so sometimes you've got to make the decision for them and say, sorry, darling, you have to stay in that room or stay in that part of the garden. Um, that's why it's really important that I suppose they're supervised or that they're just, you put them in shade, you don't give them the choice because some dogs won't move out. Some dogs are real sun worshippers and won't actually move out of the, move out of the heat. Um, so on a hot day like today, I mean, I know today is a very rare day, but a hot day today, I would, wouldn't do anything with the dog. I wouldn't bring it in the car. I wouldn't bring it to the beach. I wouldn't walk it until at least after 9 p.m. this evening when it's when it's nice and cool. That's perfect, Samantha. And 
Well, again, at top of the show, we mentioned that you had a little television scent. Uh, any oh, yeah. any plans <laughs> for any any more scents? <laughs> no, unfortunately not. No, um, I mean that that program was it wasn't anything to do with drugs at all. It was about money and and uh, financial advice, um, and I just happened to be featured in it. Um, but but it was a, a great kind of exposure for me and the business and uh, and I did what I was told and I took all the financial advice and, and did my homework. Um, but it was just a great plug for the business um, and well you know well worth doing and I really enjoyed it and and it was great for me because we shot that during the pandemic last year, so it was great to have something to do while the, while you know while while we couldn't do much. So um, it was a great, great experience. So, yeah, I'd love to do um, more television, obviously. Um, it's great, just great experience. And, and they were a great crew. And I suppose I was very lucky in that the director, Rachel, was a real animal lover and she had a great um, instinct around animals. Um, and, you know, and she knew what she was doing and she directed the lads. And, you know, she, she just was a fantastic uh, person around animals herself. So she, she was super to work with and she had great, great sympathy for, for me and the dog. So her, her human skills and her animal skills were, were equally good. Fantastic. And to be honest, myself and Jane here, like we tune into her own uh, Insta Live nearly every time that he does it. Uh, nice. I, I, I think I try and get questions in nearly every week and I'm one of those few yeah. who, who can't get the answers. But uh, he's, yeah. he, he's a, he seems like a really good guy anyway. Yeah, yeah, he he is, and is and he's very genuine, and his advice is is obviously excellent as well. So yeah, so it was, it was a great a great test to be involved in. Fantastic. Well, listen, Samantha. Hopefully, we'll have you back on the show again soon, and yeah, great. we'll be watching out for you in case there are any more like TV since I was watching it yeah. that night, and I was like, I know her. Yeah, yeah. Right, <laughs> very very see that happen. Samantha Rawson, thank you so much for joining me today on the Big Bark Podcast. And that's all for today. Coming up next week, we have the Haven Rescue from Moscow and County Tipperary and Wales. They're going to be chatting to us all about what they do for animals in their care. They've been a fantastic organisation around the Tipperary, Leash, not Waterford, Kilkenny regions for quite a number of years now and we're going to have a couple of the team on to just chat away to us and tell us all about the different cruelty cases they come across something that we really feel should be highlighted on a regular basis and like obviously we worked with the likes of Limerick Animal Welfare with Madra and we always love to work with different animal welfare associations through Holland so we will be chatting to a couple of team from there next week and we're really looking forward to that. And until then, all I can say is once again, thanks to Samantha Rawson for joining us and I hope everybody has a fantastic week and I'll chat to you all next week. And until then, be sure to give your beautiful, beautiful doggies lots of cuddles and keep them safe in this blistering heat make sure they have lots of water make sure they have plenty of like get them a fan buy them a fan in any shop and keep them cool do whatever you can to keep them cool and keep them out of that really hot heat and get them a swimming pool and you know just look spoiler dogs in general that's all i have to say have a great week 
the big bark Listen up dog owners It's for you All you canine lovers It's your favorite podcast The Big Bark With your host Dara Burke And canine co-hosts Bruno And Millie The Big Bark <laughs>